Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Leach Report Radio Network presents Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on 630 WLAP. Interact with the show by calling 859-280-CATS. That's 859-280-2287. Now, with Larry Vaught and Anthony White, here's Curtis Birch. Good morning, Big Blue Nation. And it definitely is. A good morning. I am Curtis Birch, joined as always by legendary UK running back Anthony White, legendary UK media statesman Larry Vaught, and Bo Robinson back at the studio. Anthony, how you feeling this morning, buddy? I'm feeling pretty good. Really good. Really, really good. Really, uh, really, really good. Yeah, I didn't have to watch the game over and over too many times. Just because I remember just like I last saw it. A good old fashioned. Taking behind the shed. But with it. even more though, I, I think the team is is now headed in the right direction. I know we talked about a couple weeks ago or yeah, a couple weeks ago that the schedule was only gonna get tougher. But we're looking like, you know, we're coming to our own and we're looking like the team I expected this to be on week one. You're not even gonna use your catchphrase? How about them cats? No. Tennessee got mollywopped. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I feel like, although I know we haven't been there, I got to show a little bit more class because the last two times we beat Tennessee and I made a general gesture toward the Tennessee fan, uh, they wanted to they wanted to show me their hands, as they would put it, the oh. younger cat. Oh. Yeah, like they get really upset. And now, and, and the reason I can't really be so animated about it, because I don't know if you remember before this season started, uh, there was somebody on here that thought that we would, we would probably only lose one game. So the fact that we got this meant that somebody figured we were going to get it anyway. Larry Vaught, Kentucky wins 34-7 to in Knoxville. First time they've won in Knoxville since 1984. I'm pretty sure anyone who knows anything about Kentucky football or, you know, is even just related to a Kentucky football fan, knows about this streak, knows all the graphics that constantly get shown on the screen about last time Kentucky won in Knoxville, such and such was at the top of the Billboard 100s. This, that, and the other. It is done. And done in convincing fashion. That's what I like about it. There's no no second-guessing or wondering it it was done in convincing fashion, and as, and as Anthony said, Kentucky really seems to be finding its identity, uh, especially on defense. And I thought in the second half, I thought Anthony White's going to like this. Kentucky just came out and just basically ended up just dominating the line of scrimmage, like what he's been saying they needed to do after what happened 
last week. So I'm thinking, I'd like to be sitting with Anthony because I know he's smiling and enjoying every minute of this. But it was just such a a, a big, big win for Kentucky. And to now kind of get the season back on track. I mean, King be 9-1, and one, may not still be able to be 7-3 and three like what I thought. But at least now you, you do see that the team we thought Kentucky could have, that's the team they do have. Yeah, this is. I mean, you look across the conference and you look at the the records of of teams, and they're all all over the the place, with the exception of Alabama, obviously. Um, and so, uh, this was going to be an insane season, but getting this win means so much to the program. I know it means so much to Mark Stoops. It means him not having to answer the questions, the players not having to answer the question every other year about the last time you won in Knoxville. And you can tell that those get under the skin of Coach Stoops when he has to continually answer for them. He often goes back and says that those streaks have nothing to do with the current players on the roster. And just a lot of the extent that's true, um, sometimes obviously those guys had a chance to get a win in the time before if they're upperclassmen. But now you don't have to worry about it anymore, Anthony. And that that kind of, those storylines that, you know, were a part of Kentucky football, Mark Stoops knocking down the Florida one, knocking down the Tennessee one. I mean, they're, they're going to, that's one of the first steps to elevate a program to the next level. You, you're absolutely right about that, Curtis. You know, one thing, I want to get this out of the way really early in the morning so we can enjoy the rest of the show. The one thing that I thought about last night, I thought about for a long time last night, it made me a little bit emotional, is everything you just said, because publicly a lot of people have no idea, and I don't really have a huge idea because I don't get involved with the coaching aspect and having inside information that I have to keep to myself. But all these, the John, the first thing that comes to mind is John Slarman, a guy who's put everything on the line, and Larry remembers back to his playing days, just two knee braces, old throwback, wasn't the biggest guy, wasn't the fastest guy, the hardest working guy, and gave you 100% all the time. And now, you know, he's back on the staff and, and dealing with some tough times himself. Dude, he's beat Tennessee down to Tennessee, which hasn't happened since he was pre, a pre-teen, beat Florida at Florida, had a, top, uh, a 10-win season, and comes to this season, four of his offense linemen, our preseason, I mean, I just could be happier for the guy. You know, I, uh, like I said, all the news I heard hasn't been good. And there's nothing I could tell you as far as, you know, if it's really good or really bad. But, you know, it's just something, you know, you got to keep praying for and waiting for. So when you talk about where the program has come, I don't want it. That's why I want to get it out of the way now. I don't want to take steam from the, from the magnitude of the things we're accomplishing now. But the one person I think back and makes me really proud to know that I played with and, you know, get an opportunity to be a part of this is, John and Coach Stoops talked about that after the game, and UK football put out a video um, after the game as well, the locker room celebration. Coach Slarman got the, the game ball. Mark Stoops said that uh, Coach Slarman gave a, a pregame speech, and that's something that he, he doesn't ask him to do um, much, but the guys obviously responded to him. To him. And uh, uh, after the game, Coach Stoops said, Coach Slarm deserved one. He's been around a long time, and he's been a wildcat for a long time, so he deserves that game ball. And, you know, Larry, like if you're talking about the personification of Kentucky football, I think it is John Schlarman. Uh, absolutely, and as Anthony said, knowing John as I did back when he was 
a high school player and then a, then a player at Kentucky, and then he, he's, he coached with my buddy Neil Brown, and just knowing every, everything about John, it just uh, I could almost tear up right now, both from being so happy for him and then also being so, so kind of devastated by everything that him and his family have had to go through. But he's handled it in such a great, great way to see him get that game ball. It's just from just great. There's no doubt about it. And then Kyle Tucker of the Athletic had the incredible story of what he's been going through with his fight and the thing that from this season standpoint that I don't think many people had realized that part of his treatment now is, is causing some, some sores on his feet and the, the medi- medication that he's on is, is making him sick uh, every once in a while. And then the guys on the O-line were, were quoted in there and, and talked about how you know you would see Coach Slarman go to the sideline and have to throw up and then come right back and, and jog on those those feet that have blisters on them and, and come back and, and coach up those guys on that line. And in the second half, you saw that big blue wall just completely take over. Chris Rodriguez, Jaton McClain running down downhill, getting into the end zone and, and finishing off uh, that game in a dominating fashion. After the game, UK football tweeted out an awesome picture of the the three seniors and Coach Slarman. Um, And then Drake Jackson quote tweeted it and said, just warrior. He exemplifies how a man should approach obstacles. Coach won't let his team down. And that was the overarching thing um, from Mark Stoops in Kyle Tucker's story is that uh, Schlarman's motivation, Anthony, is that it's a dedication to the team and a dedication to Kentucky football that no matter what he's going through, he's going to be there for this group of guys. And that's how he was, uh, even, even when I played with him. Uh, you know, he was one of the guys, wasn't as big as Jonas Leaning or Chris Comstock, or wasn't as strong or fast as Jason Watts. but consistent, man. He's always in the picture. He's always working downfield. It's never a me guy. And I, like you said, I, I would, I, I'm not surprised at all that John doesn't make his situation part of the battle. But then again, and the funny thing is, but then again, if you are in a battle and you're facing a tough time, I don't want to hear the BS. Mm-hmm. You know, John's like, as a matter of fact, but uh, I, I like the fact that he doesn't, you know, try to garner attention from any of these things. But, you know, it, it always draws to him, but he draws it back to the big picture. Like I said, again, I couldn't be more proud of him, and I think these guys will really respond. Because if he is he's fighting every day, uh, not complaining, it's not a me thing, there's no way in the world you can look him in the face and say, Coach, I can't do this, no matter what the task is. There's no way you can do it. And um, the final reference to that story by Kyle Tucker was one of his former teammates, you know, kind of jokingly said, and Anthony, you can probably attest to this, when they're playing – the coaches would say, "Do it like John, because he had perfect technique." And you just heard, you know, you heard that over and over again. And now, in a way more serious situation of life, when he's facing such struggles, I think that, you know, everybody can look to him and kind of say, "Be like, be like John Schlarman. No matter what you're going through, still give as much effort as you can and be there for the people um, that you can be there for." And then in the inverse, those guys will reward you back. And that's what they did in getting that win at Tennessee. And then Coach Stoops giving him that game ball. So it was an unbelievably special moment for sure. And uh, it was really heartwarming to see him take that, uh, take the game ball in the locker room. And if you missed it, 
I'll go ahead and retweet it from the show account where you can check out Mark Stoops' comments and uh, Coach Schlarman getting the game ball. And uh, Larry, I just saw you you retweet Coach Marrow, and you know that's the the camaraderie and the coaching staff. That's that's something else that uh, is is really impressive about this coaching team. How much they all care for each other as well. Uh, absolutely, and also anybody that's ever known John that coaches anywhere is the same way. But a lot of coaches that just know about him all the time are kind of, uh, as my understanding, reaching out and, and doing different things. So, uh, again, if you've ever known John, it's impossible not to to, to like him and, and love him. He just has that personality about him. He was one of my favorite U.K. players to watch play because of what Anthony talked about. Not, not the best player to play at U.K., but I don't know, Anthony, if I ever saw anybody that played harder every play than John Schlarman did. No, there's never been a a, a bigger example. I, I think I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna start using the, the the do it like John. Definitely, from the things I've been through and the, the guys I've seen that he's played alongside of. I mean, no matter up up and down the up and down the roster, he's the most consistent and always there and getting the job done every single time, every single year I played with. Him. Our buddy Tim Biggs just uh, tweeted in. He said, "You may remember." Uh, I was asked who my favorite autograph last year during Fan Appreciation Day was. I told you it was Coach Slarman. What an inspirational coach. I think that we can all agree on that. So we got to get to our first break. If you'd like to interact with the show, as always, you can hit us up on Twitter at SundayAMSports. You can also send us an email, SundayMorningSportsTalk at gmail.com. Coming up after this, we're going to get into the game, all the pick sixes, how good the offense was in the second half, what's going on with Tennessee, and we'll discuss... um, the schedule change that's going to affect Kentucky football in the show as well. I'm Curtis Birch, joined by Larry Vaught, Anthony White, Bo Robinson. You're listening to Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, the legendary Bo Robinson with you here today. Talking about Kentucky's monster win down in Knoxville, breaking a big old long streak. And uh, let's get to the phone lines and talk to a guy who never had a doubt about the win in Knoxville. The one, the only, John Short. Good morning, John. Good morning, buddy. Y'all great Americans. You are as well, buddy. Uh, we hope you're doing well. You know, you've been in our thoughts and prayers over the last couple of weeks. How did you and uh, how did you enjoy that win against the Tennessee Volunteers? It's a good one. Do you remember your uh, prediction? From last week? Was yeah, it t- you, yeah, I can tell you about 10 biggins. Just 10, okay. We thought you might have had it a little bit bigger, but uh, Larry, that's definitely a, a heck of a lot better than I think I saw from anybody else. Everybody on game day had Tennessee winning. Yeah. We, let we let, let people take Tennessee. Kentucky won. That's, uh, let everybody go against Kentucky. Kentucky won. you got to love that underdog mentality, John Short. Yeah, hey, John. Kentucky, Kentucky volleyball beat Tennessee too, Friday and Saturday. That's good. So beat so Tennessee the entire weekend. Yeah, I think I think the women's soccer plays them today, so they they do their job. It'll be a completely orange crush weekend. It would be. And we're gonna be Missouri by ten biggins. Ten biggins at Missouri. Yep, I got two predictions. We're gonna beat Missouri by ten biggins, and Trunks win by a million biggins. Those are heck of predictions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I hope the country report gets that. They're going to beat 
they, they're trying to win by a million billions. I hope you see that. So, but it's going cool. to be, be good for both ways. I think it would be good. Well, I think everybody listening to this show can agree that the 10 biggins over Missouri would be great, John. John, we love hearing Okey-dokey. you every week. We hope you're doing well, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Okey-dokey. The one and only John Short. He's a great American, Anthony, and uh, he was one of the, I think, one of the few people who never had a doubt about that win in Knoxville. I, I didn't have a doubt either, and John and I are, are two of the same. Well, no, we're not really two. He doesn't ever think we're going to lose. Uh, uh, when I think we're going to lose, I'm pretty quite. I'm quite honest about it. Larry had me a little shaken after those first two games. Oh, oh, he he, sh- he, he shook, shook my faith a little bit. But Grand and uh, White kind of made me think I wasn't losing my mind. I wasn't getting old. And I think these guys are starting to play some good football. I think they, they're turning in who I thought they were going to be in the beginning. I don't think myself uh, – I can only say myself. I don't know if anybody else, but I don't think I gave them enough credit for the time it was going to take to acclimate to this this, uh, abbreviated season and not having those out-of-conference games. So, you know, throughout the the show, I would like to hear from Larry and some of the people who said, well, we want to go through a 10-game SEC schedule. Uh, It's good to watch. I do like watching the SEC teams go up and down and win and lose, but I say if we start the first two games off, outside the SEC, and we came into the SEC uh, two or three weeks in, I think you get this kind of production uh, against Ole Miss and and Auburn. I think we're right where we need to be at that point in time. I just think we had to shake some rust off and and, and get acclimated. So, I don't know. I'm still curious if if everybody's still wanting to say, I want to see a whole SEC schedule where you have to be ready week one. Yeah, I mean, the, the SEC as a whole has been fun, but the the results from Week 2 for Kentucky football um, weren't ideal. Larry, the one thing, and, and I want to get into the pick six, but looking back at the game and, and watching the replay a little bit this morning, in all honesty, what was most impressive to me was the start of the second half because all at halftime, you saw it on social media, all the, oh, man, we should be up more two pick sixes and you don't com- you don't finish a drive after another interception Kentucky or Tennessee still right in this game and then what does Kentucky do force a three and out get the ball back go and drive and get a touchdown and grab complete control that's something that I think is is proof that Mark Stoops has taken this program to the next level a- absolutely I mean I, I think coming out to start the second half those stats were creeping into a lot of people's minds, and when the defense slammed the door right away, it, it was just a bonus. Then when the offense went down and scored, but I think when the defense just slammed the door to start the second half, you, everybody felt like, okay, this is going to be, it's going to be fine. And, and after that, I don't think there were any doubts, or at least not among the friends or the people that I see on social media. After that, it seemed like everything was, you don't want to say on cruise control, but it was going really, really well for Kentucky, and I was glad to see the offense kind of get back on track. I thought they made some good adjustments. It looked to mm-hmm. me like it at halftime and found the things that they knew would work, and they did work. And, I mean, I thought Chris Rodriguez really ran hard that second half. Yeah, he did. Terry, Terry seemed to be very efficient and had good command of what he was doing. And maybe now they're getting ready to have both sides put it all together for the next stretch of games. And that would be really, really good because 
think Anthony, all they got to do now is just win out and they play in the SEC championship game, right? <laughs> uh, we we got to get to a break. We'll let Anthony answer that and break down the offense and what they did in the second half a little bit more. If you'd like to interact with the show, you can hit us up on Twitter, send us an email, or give us a call on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline like John Short. I'm Curtis Birch with Larry. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Anthony White, you're listening to Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson with you here today breaking down Kentucky's win in Knoxville over the Tennessee Volunteers. Anthony, I'm probably going to say that uh, like every segment because it is it is very enjoyable to say. Um, but we did uh, leave last segment and... Uh, <laughs> Larry uh, kind of mentioned that, uh, in theory, now Kentucky controls their own destiny in the SEC East with Georgia falling to Bama. So who knows? You know, your prediction in the preseason still has some legs of them making the SEC championship game. Um, You can talk about that if you'd like, but I did want to make sure we get your thoughts on the offense and how, how they performed in the second half. Uh, Yeah, and and that's if we can get – uh, the offense online. I think the defense is coming around. I think they're playing more sound. They're not. I can tell right now they're not in between playing a man and a in a zone defense. And offensively, I felt uh, like that. I talked about it last week on my show. I talked about it on several shows, and everybody asked what's going on with the offense. And the, when I watched the Mississippi State film, Terry Wilson was never looking backside. And here's problem we have in the media. Everybody wants to find a person to blame. All I want to do is understand what I'm supposed to be looking for, what I'm supposed to be looking at. And I never understood why Terry Wilson would never look backwards. And teams were playing with no safety. No safeties mean that the safeties are seven yards inside the 10 yards. So they're really close in, in the box so they can make a play. Uh, so basically, if you run the ball, you got four down linemen, three to four backers, and uh, another safety or, or two safeties and three backers. So you got just a, a bunch of people there. You got like eight or nine people in there. So if you want to run against that, that's fine. But you typically don't have enough blockers. And which that tells a quarterback, look outside. If there's no safety, your receiver has to be able to beat that cornerback one-on-one. If there's nobody behind the, the corner, you, sh- you have to be able to beat that. And the, quarter- and the quarterback should be planning on, you know, at least giving them an attempt a one-on-one play to make that play. We weren't doing that. So it was either that 
Terry didn't know what he was looking at because the defenses haven't been uh, in the defensive backfield. They haven't been doing anything exotic up front. They've been playing a lot of games, which has made it hard for our offensive line to be so dominant. But I, I said all that to say, when we first started the first half, we were doing the same thing. Terry's looking up front. He's patting the ball, patting the ball, waiting for something. I don't know what he's waiting for because I don't see anything developing. But now look on his backside where his third option is at, and this guy is coming across the middle wide open. Like 50 or 60% of the time, that guy was wide open, and Terry never looked back there. Which to me, I said it last week, and I've been saying it for a while, that when you watch film, you show it, you see where everything went wrong, and you show him where his possibilities are, and he learns from that. Okay, next time if I see all this congested over here, then that means there's overload. Let me look to the backside. And you can tell that from pre-snap. We have safeties in the box. If the safety doesn't bail, which means leave out of the box, you get an opportunity. So in the second half, the one thing I know I want to break, I want to break all that down before I start speaking, and it sounds like I'm speaking uh, gibberish. But uh, so in the second half, the one thing I did notice, if you go back and watch one or two plays, I believe in the first or second drive, Terry takes a snap, turns all or directly around and throws on his backside to a slant, mm-hmm. and I believe it was to Daly. So now we're I'm, we're not thinking. Terry's not patting the ball. He's taking the ball, taking the snap, making the uh, making the fake, and releasing the ball. So now I'm understanding that okay, uh, Grand and Henshaw has the quarterback understanding what they want. Terry's not thinking. He's releasing the ball. And I was getting to the point where the linebackers are kind of well. We got to stand off a little bit because you know they are they are throwing behind us. So we haven't been doing that the first two or the second two games. We didn't do that against Mississippi State or Ole Miss. We didn't do that very much. So now we're really, they were really decisive with the ball. I've said all that to say they were really decisive with the ball, and I think that didn't allow them to keep a, a, a tough eight or nine men in the box. There may have been people in the box, and they bailed out half the time to, to try to get Terry different looks, and that's when I think the running game opened. The one surprise I did have, McLean had a good run last week, and I thought, you know, he hit the ball hard and aggressive. He hit the hole hard and aggressive. You know, just keeps his legs turning, and that guy is going to be that guy is going to be something else. They compare him to Benny. I'm not sure if he has that. I see the power that Benny has, but man, that guy is explosive. He plays bigger than he is, and he hits the hole like you want to. So when him and Chris Rodriguez got to hitting the hole downhill, and you know, running through contact, picking up another two or three through contact. Now I, you know, I kind of relaxed and sat back and said, okay, the offensive line is starting to dominate. Terry is starting to understand what uh, uh, what Grant wants him to do, and he's actually sending them plays where Terry's not thinking. You do this, and, and here's your options. And Terry, like I said, you can tell in the second half he did not seem at all hesitant when he was releasing the ball. He just plays his face. The ball is coming out of his hands a second later. It's not patting the rock and running. So uh, at that point, I felt like we had established an identity. I think Grant was comfortable with what he was asking Terry to do. And I think Terry was comfortable at uh, at doing what he was doing. And I think we had the defense kind of on their heels a little bit, where now the offensive line can block and get up yeah. to the next level and not have to sit back and catch. And that offensive line was, was letting their presence be known. Austin Dodson was uh, <laughs> making some statements at the end of the game 
um, when he was in there late. But the other thing, Larry, that's impressive, you know, we talk about the second-half offense, which was clicking on uh, almost all cylinders. But really, even when you look in the first half, and Mark Stoops made this point when he was going off the field in his halftime TV interview, it was kind of tough for the offense to get in a rhythm because they didn't get that many possessions because there were two pick sixes. And when they did have the ball, two of the times uh, where drives kind of got stalled out or went the other way were at no fault of Terry Wilson or the offensive line or the running backs. One was a fumble by Josh Ali, who uh, many people think went the wrong way once he caught it. Uh, I, I don't know how you, in those moments, I'm sure it's tough to decide, you know, to decipher in a split second where the open field is, but he went wrong, went into a defender, got stripped. And then the other one that was ultimately a field goal, Terry Wilson put it right to Keaton Upshaw, and uh, Keaton Upshaw couldn't complete the catch. And so the offense, I mean, the, the, you know, Terry Wilson only threw three incomplete passes all day. He only threw for 100 yards, Larry, but you know, you're, you'll take that when that is what we thought the Kentucky offense would be, so run heavy. Yeah, and, and again, it, it did look like when you were able to watch the replay that, that Josh did maybe miss the hole, but, it, but as you say, when you're out there in real time, I would assume talking to Anthony that sometimes you, you do miss that and you look back on film, I'm sure Josh Knew, knows that as well as anybody right now, but the way he plays, it's hard to fault him. And then I'm sitting there thinking, they finally throw the ball to the tight end. It should be a touchdown, and, and he drops it. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Now, I will admit that I don't know what Anthony thought, too. It did sound strange the way Mark said that, you know, those two pick sixes messed up the offensive rhythm. I don't think that... Maybe I kind of get what he means, but I think you're pretty happy that that turned out to be pretty good offense when when Joseph and Davis just caught the well, reception and ran it the other way. So there's there's think, this is this is Mark Stoops being consistent. You know, yeah, he's often true. talked about how sometimes a big play, an 80 yard touchdown, will get the a defense out of rhythm. So now you know he's he's on both sides of the ball. It's good to know that his mindset you know cuts both ways. And, and I I think that uh, if you ask him, he would definitely take both <laughs> a big touchdown or a pick six, but he, he points out with the offense not getting not being as in rhythm a reason why. Yeah. Yeah, when you're in a wait. I was gonna say, yeah, that, that that is true. He's he's pretty consistent about the way that he does that. But uh, again it was it was it just sounded strange when he said it, the the way that he comes that he comes out like that. So but that's how Mark is. I know when you're getting interviewed at at halftime, the last thing on his mind is really answering those questions. All he wants to do is be in the locker room, and I get that. And he's six feet apart and having to listen as hard as he can to whatever the, <laughs> the question is for this season. So that makes those even more awkward than uh, than normal. Anthony, what were your thoughts um, there? No, I think he probably was trying to protect grandson as well because uh, he, he's absolutely right. We scored so many times on defense and the, and the offense didn't get an opportunity to, you know, see exactly what they're doing to make adjustments. You don't have adjustments to make if you go three and out and, you know, you're kind of trying to figure things out because this is chess, not checkers, where you want to see what the defense is doing, going through the halftime, make adjustments, and come back out of stop. But the offense was on the field so little that you really couldn't tell what they were doing and you didn't get a chance to make any adjustments because you're still trying out, you know, probably your first half script. So, uh, I think that's more what he was saying. I think you, you want to take the seven anytime you can. 
Oh yeah. And the issue I was having, I think some of the fans were go, were having, were I don't and, and which is in the back of my mind. I don't want to have to rely on our defense giving us fourteen points every game. You know, sometimes you want your offensive line to come out, your offensive team to come out and pick up some first downs and move the ball, burn the clock, matriculate down the field, even if we come out with three points. And that's where I think, you know, you're trying to find out what you can and cannot do. And when you just three and out, three and out, three and out, and maybe the second half you can make adjustments. But the past two weeks we've had the luxury of our defense giving us some points where, you know, we had a little cushion we can work with. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. You can give us a call, 859-280-2287. TJ's on there. Good morning, TJ. Hey, what's up, guys? i got a lot of things, but I'll just get to a few of them. I know y'all are busy and talking about the win. Growing up in Tennessee, born and raised in Tennessee, this one felt better than even beating Louisville. I've had to hear Tennessee fans for 32 years of how they're back and how the talent gap is closing between them and Georgia and Alabama. No, it's not. Kentucky's more talented than Tennessee, and it showed yesterday on the football field. And you can't make excuses. Oh, coronavirus season. We're dealing with the same stuff y'all are. So is everybody else in the SEC. Y'all just got smacked. And I'm going to say it. I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but those boys were hitting out there yesterday. They weren't just tackling. They were trying to knock their heads off. And one other thing, we only had one penalty which I don't even think that was a penalty. That's called a pancake. He threw your ass on the ground. Our offensive line absolutely destroyed their defensive line. And that's, Kentucky played big boy ball yesterday, man. If you're upset with anything about the win yesterday, just stop cheering for Kentucky because you know, I don't know what will make you happy. Uh, thank you for the call, TJ. Yeah, If you're not happy, Larry, after a win in Knoxville, then you don't want to be happy for whatever reason. No, because it's been 36 years in between. I, I never thought when I left Knoxville in 1984 that it would be 36 more years before we got, got to do this. And I think, I was trying to think this morning, I think it's only the second or third time I've done Sunday morning sports after a UK victory over Tennessee. Well, so there was Matt Roark, right? I think right. it's third. Yeah, so this is three, right? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, yeah, that would be right, yeah. There we go. So, third time. How's it feel? Uh, Rob the Dad Bod tweeted in, I was at the game in Knoxville in 1984, so this is a great morning. I think that we can all uh, agree on that. Uh, we also asked on social media late last night to for you to tweet in on how you are celebrating. Uh, you can tweet in. At Sunday AM Sports, we'll read some of those after this, and we'll hear what uh, old Anthony White did after the game uh, as well. I'm Curtis Birch with Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson. You're listening to Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson talking about Kentucky's 34-7 to win in Knoxville against the Tennessee Volunteers. We are nearing the end of Hour 1, and we have yet to give the just due to the defense because, guys, they were unbelievable once again. Anthony, the two pick sixes, I, I'm, how, how rare is that? I mean, two defensive scores, back-to-back series in a first half, how greatly does that set up a, a team for victory? I mean, I know it sounds so obvious, but 
it's it that doesn't happen that often. And Curtis, and that's why a quarterback struggle, and that's kind of what we thought Terry Wilson's issue was going to be. One, you throw you throw a a, a deep or you throw out a speed out across the field from hash to sideline. That is a long throw. That's probably approximately thirty something yards. And you know here the uh, uh, KJ was in was in man coverage tight. So why mm-hmm. would you even try to attempt that throw? It's fine. You think there's a lot of times quarterbacks think they can make the throw. KJ takes that to the house. Here's the kicker, Curtis. When you ask how often does that happen and what does it do for a team? So next time you say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with the outside. I'm going to try to find a soft spot in the middle. And now you have a, a backer getting depth underneath the pass you're trying to throw. So you may be looking at the safeties. Don't see what's underneath. And now uh, Davis, Davis gets on the ball and picks it. The rest of the game you're thinking, wow. Uh, do I want to go back here? Um, is he actually open? And at this point, you're holding the rock an extra second, and that's letting mm-hmm. the defense get to you. And and at this time, you know, it just becomes a disaster for you. So yeah. that's, I think it was more huge on the mental of the quarterback. But I, for me, and for Big Blue Nation, that should be great because the past, the first two weeks, well, not the first two weeks, week number two, we were playing so passive against the pass and not aggressive. And, you know, in the past two weeks, we've been up in there. We've been using our athleticism, trusting the coverages, trusting your teammates. And we've just been going out there playing athletic plays and making plays. So I think that's where I figure we're on, we're on the right direction. So you shake the starter. They put in the backup, uh, Shrout, Shrout, and uh, he has one series, throws one pass, and that's another interception, uh, Larry. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, it just started rolling downhill, and the turnovers have just been coming in bunches for the UK defense. Our buddy DH tweeted in at Country Boy DH. He asked, has there been a more dominant performance by the UK defense than yesterday? I'm trying to think of one. Larry, in the SEC, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's been some Vandy games, but outside of that, against a ranked team on the road, this has to be at the top. It, it was really good. Of course, they were really good the week before against Mississippi State, too. And, and I think most of it goes back to just what Anthony had talked about for first two weeks of the season, the defensive backs just weren't being aggressive enough, and, and, and now they are. And, and let me also pat uh, Kelvin Joseph on the back because, like, again, the week before against Mississippi State, he made that interception and ran 70 yards celebrating and everything, and I thought he just doesn't need to do that. Well, yesterday he, he ran 40 yards the right direction <laughs> with the interception, but then didn't do I didn't think didn't celebrate near as much as what he did the week before, so I think messages, maybe like what Anthony suggests, are kind of getting across the guys about let's just go play. Because I also think, did Akeem Hayes even make the trip, Curtis? I don't know. Um, I don't. Uh, he didn't see the field, and I don't. I, some people reported that they didn't see him on the sideline, but I haven't heard a first official word. And I think, as Anthony had suggested, uh, get, get rid of that Twitter stuff and, and, and guys talking and everything like that. I think that message might be coming across too, and I just like the way this team's kind of shaping up and, and, and falling into place right now. They seem all back on the the right page, as Anthony had talked about. I, I didn't think they all were earlier, but I think everything's back the way it ought to be now. Uh, <laughs> Jim and Davis, after the game, was asked if he was yeah. asked on that long um, return, and I'll, I'll retweet the, the video from the, the show account at Sunday AM Sports. That's a great way you can also interact with the show if you have any questions or comments, but I'll, I'll read his quote to you, Anthony. 
Um, he said, man, I was. I thought I was about to pass out for a second. I'm just like, sheesh, I got a pick six. Let me go ahead and get it. Might as well run my somethings off. And I made it. So I hope I made my mama proud. <laughs> hey, I, I was impressed. I, I, I'm happy for him because I thought he's been playing pretty good these first couple of weeks. And the one thing about it, when he was running, I was like, man, this is a world-class athlete, one of the best athletes in America. How is he getting tired? But you know what? Uh, the one thing I did want to point out was that while he's going down the field, I can see the bear jumping on his back. I can see him running out of gas. <laughs> Man, but uh, Brandon Eccles' effort to get up there to make mm-hmm. sure that he got there, and uh, I think it was Square and somebody else out in front of him keeping uh, 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 Tennessee's quarterback away. Mm-hmm. The effort the guys around made it to make sure he got in there was something I don't think should uh, go overlooked either. Yeah, the hustle from the teammates was impressive, and I actually saw the inverse on social media. Some people were questioning why there weren't any Tennessee offensive players in the shot for a guy who was laboring at the end of that run. Um, But it was a really impressive uh, play from him, and I'm sure a moment he'll never forget flipping into the end zone. All right, we got to get to a break. Coming up after this, we've got a lot of questions about a certain SEC radio host named Paul in his comments about UK football. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson. This is Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.